Welcome to Ask a Broker, Episode 4. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. This is a show where Dustin Woodhouse and I answer your mortgage brokering questions. Whether you have questions on how to build or grow your mortgage business, this is the show for you. Here's how it works. Go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash ask, record a question, and if we answer it on the show, we'll send you a sweet new I Love Mortgage Brokering t-shirt, courtesy of Lendusk. Today on the show, Chris Allard asks, how do you select term for your client, or do you make recommendations, and should you choose or recommend a fixed or variable. This is a great conversation I have with Dustin, and honestly, his answer is so good that I didn't add a lot to it. I just was taking notes myself, so I think you're going to love it. Before we get started, I want to thank today's sponsor, Ask a Broker, sponsored by Lendesk. Lendesk is a mortgage technology company based out of Vancouver that's built an origination platform specifically for Canadian brokers. Lendesk removes the headache of assembling an application with your client. Think of it as the ultimate CRM and deal management tool. They're pre-launch, but I'm helping them refine the platform, and I can tell you it looks awesome. If you'd like to get early access to Lendesk with me, sign up at Lendesk.com to stay in the loop. As for the cost, let's just say it's going to be an easy decision. This is going to be a game changer. Hey, Dustin, how's it going? Not too bad, Scott. How are you? Awesome. So what's a, give me a random fact about Dustin. Uh, age 5 to 13, grew up in Calgary, Alberta, in the... In the realm of all of my extended uh, family, who for the most part are a bunch of prairie farmers. Uh, actually, my random fact of the day is uh, my family's from Newfoundland. So my family is either in Newfoundland or Fort Mac for the most part. So um, you outdid me again. Uh, okay, so today's question is from Chris Allard, and Chris asks us about uh, variable versus fixed term selection for a well-qualified borrower. So let's have a, I know that we've had discussions about this in the past and, and even said that, Hey, this would be a great podcast episode. So now is our chance. So let's have a listen to the question and then I'm going to throw it to you to, to get started. Hi there. This is Chris Allard calling mortgage broker at Dominion Lending Center's Smart Debt in Ottawa. I know term selection is definitely client dependent, but what are you guys currently recommending for well-qualified borrowers with good credit and ratios well in line? So let's say, GDS, TDS of 25%. Are you recommending fixed or variable rates? And why are you, are you uh, recommending that? So what do you think? What's your take on Chris's question? Why don't I answer it in the form of uh, the, the scripts that I would use currently on a call with a client? You know, typically we always go through the whole penalty math. You know, six out of 10 Canadians break their mortgage in an average of 38 months triggering a prepayment penalty of four and a half percent, which they never saw coming uh, because they thought that five-year fixed mortgage was the safe choice. And of course, now they've not only paid a higher amount of interest for the 38 months, now they're getting hammered with a penalty that's about nine times larger than that in a variable rate or a two-year fixed uh, product where the mortgage uh, penalty is typically about a half a percent of the balance. So, you know, right away, you're, you're giving clients something they don't know about, and you're sort of reframing the conversation into penalties rather than rates, and they want to know why this matters to them. And six out of 10 catches everybody's ear, right? I mean, that's a big, big statistical number uh, that maybe they will wind up falling into. And, uh, and right now, in the Vancouver market in particular, it's very easy to map out how somebody gets caught in a prepayment penalty, even when they think, you know, well, hey, my mortgage is portable. 
Sure, it is. But if you are one of the unfortunate souls that has sold your property before you've bought the next one, and you are getting outbid over and over and over, that 90-day window can slam shut on portability, and you're paying your penalty. You're stuck now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, I have clients who've been on the sidelines for six months, 12 months at this point. Uh, so their penalty is ancient history. And, uh, and that's a common theme. So, you know, as I say, you've sort of reframed the conversation a little bit. You've brought up the fact that the penalties in a variable or a two-year fixed, specifically a two-year fix, and we're going to get to that, are nine times lower. So, so there's an element of risk. Right there, there is in fact an element of risk in the five-year fixed, and it's falling into that six out of ten group. And that's where I like to take the conversation. And I, and as I say, I let's 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 turn your perception of risk around mortgages on its head a little bit. So, how do you feel about the economy and interest rates right now? Does it seem like interest rates are going to go up tomorrow? And the clients will typically say, well, no, it doesn't seem like it. And I'll say, well, no, I mean, you've got a situation where the federal government is getting into a deficit spending uh, pattern. And for the next year or two, they're going to spend, you know, I believe it's $10 billion a year more than they have coming in. So they're doing that to put their foot on the gas pedal of the economy. Well, for them, for another division of the government, the Bank of Canada, to push interest rates up, that would be akin to them putting their other foot on the brake pedal of the economy. Does It wouldn't make any sense. So not, not to say that everything governments do makes sense, you know, but if they're trying to get things going, it's unlikely they're going to increase interest rates because what drives an increase in interest rates is a, a booming economy. Inflation, mm-hmm. things are rocking. So again, do things seem like they're rocking right now? No. Do they seem like they're about to get rocking? On a national economic level, we're we're talking here. Um, No. So, okay, my crystal ball for the next 18 to 24 months, uh, 18 to 20 months, really, because that's the early renewal zone on a two-year fixed, it's pretty clear. It, It looks like rates highly unlikely to go anywhere in the next 18 to 20 months. However, my crystal ball five years out, that one's broken. I mean, it's just way too murky. I can't tell you what's going to happen five years from now. Very, very few people can. And in fact, six out of 10 people get it wrong when they predict that they're going to stay in the same mortgage product for five years. Sort of touch on that again. So people start thinking about this. Okay, so rates aren't going anywhere in the next couple of years. So you're saying I could renew again and probably still get a lower rate. Exactly. But where are rates going to be five years from now? I don't know. I mean, maybe four years from now, they rise a point and a half or two points. And you're sitting there in that final year of that five-year mortgage watching rates cruise upward and you can't do anything. You're waiting for your early renewal space and you're just along for the ride. You have no options. You have no flexibility. You can't do anything. In, in the case of most lenders, you know, there are very, very few lenders that are going to allow you to, to do something with that mortgage eight months out or 12 months out. So rather than take what for the last 30 years has been the higher interest expense option 
expose yourself to a penalty nine times greater than this other product, which statistically you have a 60% likelihood of triggering, and box yourself into a situation where you could well be renewing at much higher rates, why not consider a two-year fixed, which is going to give you much greater flexibility and earlier options? And hey, maybe in two years, maybe then you take a, a four-year or a five-year. But I don't think today is necessarily the day to take the five-year. What do you think? That, that's good. I feel like just saying drop the mic and let's walk away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boom, there goes the mic. And uh, okay, we're done here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um well, that's really good. We've had this conversation in the past, but not not in this kind of format. And a couple of things that come to mind, obviously, the rates on two-year terms are lower than on five-year terms. Uh, what about the broker who says, hey, wait a minute, I actually get paid less. I mean, this going through their head, they're not going to say it to their client, but I get paid less on this two-year term. So this is, I don't, this isn't a financially good thing for me. Well, number one, that's that's a broken broker. That's a broker who's thinking about themselves, not thinking about their client. So stop that because that's a that's a fast track to failure you start thinking about who's going to pay me more you know lender wise what product am i going to make more money on you're going to make very little money you you peel through that top 75 list in cmp magazine and pick up the phone and call every one of those brokers and, and ask them you know do you think about how much money you're going to make on a file you're not going to find a single one that's going to say yes I mean, I have virtually never calculated a commission on a file. In fact, my biggest beef with FICOM when we were having these conversations about the upcoming disclosure was I don't know what lenders pay me. Like, I don't, now I have to actually learn something new that to me isn't relevant to the transaction. I have to learn what lenders actually pay me. Like, that sucks. But the second point I'd make is actually, Contrary to what you were just saying, Scott, I actually do tell clients this because it, it, it's kind of interesting to spend 10 or 15 minutes with a client, especially the client that comes to you for a 10 year fixed, you know, that like this is actually my 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 closing argument. Your 10 year fixed killer. That's right. It, it is. Yeah, it's, it's my closing argument on the 10 year fixed conversation. So I will you know, spend. 15, 20 minutes sometimes doing the calculations, showing them if they apply the five-year fixed payment to the two-year fixed mortgage, the 10-year fixed payment, you know, to the four-year, three-year, two-year, here's where your mortgage balance will be. Look how much lower that is. Look at the penalty risk, et cetera. And if I still haven't quite got them one over, what has done it 100% of the time, because 1,319 mortgages later, I have not written a seven or 10 year fixed mortgage. I'm not gonna break that record yet. And I say that to the client, but I say, okay, I've just spent 15 or 20 minutes trying to actually suggest to you that this alternative product is a better way to go. Here's the thing, I get paid double on a 10 year what I do on a five-year. I think I get paid triple on a 10-year what I get paid on the two-year. So I've been working really hard to try and make significantly less money than if I had just shut up 15, 20 minutes ago and said, yes, sir, here's your 10-year fixed. Right. So, so if I haven't convinced you, this is great. I mean, my kids are going to be happy. It's going to be an amazing Christmas because I'm going to make so much more money than I thought I was going to make at the start of this phone call. So let's do it. And that 
finishes every single person. And it's really funny, isn't it? It's like, oh, really? And, and it isn't that, you know, they don't want you to make money. It's that they go, wow. So like, that's a pretty big incentive the banks give you to, to drive, you know, people into that product. It's like, exactly. And why do you think that is? It's because that's a solution that's good for the lender, mm-hmm. not a solution that's good for you. I mean, why is the carrot so big on the tenure? Because the banks crush it. I mean, they're getting that extra fat interest and then they're getting an extra monstrous penalty when statistically the majority of people break out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. See, what about variable though? So what if somebody says, what about taking, why not a variable versus a, a two-year fixed? Well, I mean, so we're recording this in uh, the, the spring, summer of 2016. And at this point in time, variable rate discounts are 0.2.3.4%, which is putting a net rate at about 232425, whereas the two-year fix can be had as low as 2.09 with a few different lenders. Mm-hmm. So it's a much, much lower rate. And I, I refer to it as the slow motion variable. This is where we're going to go. You don't have to worry about the next 16 Bank of Canada meetings. There's eight per year. You don't have to worry about it because you're in a fixed. So it, it, it takes a little bit of the edge off the risk factor uh, that people feel in a variable. And it's a much better rate. And let's just wait and see what happens. And, you know, here's the interesting thing. If, if prime were to go up a quarter point in the next two years, which I don't think it actually will. But if it did, you're going to see discounts offset that increase, almost guaranteed. So instead of signing prime minus 35 today, you might sign prime minus 60 two years from now and then and, and mitigate that rate increase. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The discounts were better when the prime was higher, right? Or when the expectation was prime was going to go up, but the discounts have shrunk since like I remember back in November of 2015, you could get prime minus 70 and, or maybe it was October, November. And then the bank of Canada mentioned, Hey, we may have to do negative interest rates and, and we may lower rates. And then the banks are like, Whoa, 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 hold on here. Those discounts are way too deep. If we're going to see a cut and then they adjusted their discounts. And so and now they just kind of, they're just sitting on the sidelines. I don't see them giving big discounts on that until we see the prime start to go up. Yeah. So the two-year fixed right now is a placeholder for variable rate clients to a large extent. I mean, there are still some clients who want that flexibility to lock into something at any point in time uh, who who do prefer a variable. But overwhelmingly, I'd say 70% of my business right now is two-year fixed. And then is the other 30% variable? Uh, there's, yeah, there's probably half and half variable and then five year fix because of course you get the clients that just don't qualify. Right. I mean, it's a 20% difference in the amount of mortgage money you qualify for, you know, so those young single first time buyers, one income households, you know, they're getting boxed into the five year fixed is their only option. And that's when we break out the whole conversation, which we can save for another time of why a monoline. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let's, again, reduce that penalty exposure. There is still a way to have a five-year fixed and reduce your penalty exposure. Um, but that I always reserve for sort of part two of the conversation. Right. And because you have the application, you are you know, and what roughly what they want to spend, then you know whether or not you can even have a two-year. There's no nothing worse than telling somebody about this wonderful 
shiny object and they say, oh, wait a second, you don't qualify for, you know, you can't have it. Well, there, there, I mean, I still, you know, to be honest with you, I still, I open with that conversation before I have their details. Really? Well, because again, I'm getting them off of rate. I'm getting them thinking about other things. And even if we wind up getting forced back into five year, it's okay. Remember all that new stuff we talked about on the first phone call stuff that you'd never heard before. Uh, I've got a fresh batch for you and it's about monoline lenders. And yeah, you're stuck in a five year fix, but it's not quite as horrible as I made it out to be. That was primary. And, I, and in those, in those opening scripts, I do stress chartered bank. Mm-hmm. If you take your five year fix with a chartered bank, this is your potential penalty. So I leave the door open to have that conversation after. Right. You know, because it's, it's still a great way to show that you're adding value. And especially when you do put the bid in there about like, you know, I actually get paid about 70 cents on the dollar on the two year versus the five year. So I'm talking about something that makes me less money, but I just think it's good for you. Right. I think it's valuable. And I think in the type of product that mortgages are, it's a complicated transaction and a good mortgage broker should really show or explain the unseen risks because people come in, they don't know what they don't know. And they just say, well, I want this you know, price or rate because that's what I heard. But so what you're doing is really reorienting them to realize that, hey, it's, there's actually more to it than that. And I have to think about a couple of other things before I make a decision. So it's a, it's a, I think it's a valuable process. If you just, otherwise you're just taking an order, but this is what you want. Okay, great. You know, and you just hand it to them and, and that's a, I don't think that's a long-term viable business strategy. Well, you know, and to sort of wrap it up, I'll, I'll tie uh, one more piece in here that is pretty much going to come up in a lot of these uh, conversations we have, Scott. And that is, you know, again, keep in mind, you are the professional in the equation. You are the licensed authority in the equation. So act like it. You're not behind, you know, the till at a fast food restaurant asking if they'd like fries with that. You know, when they order a Big Mac, you want to look at them and say, are you sure? Do you really want a Big Mac? Are you aware of what these ingredients are composed of and, you know, how this is processed? Are you sure this is what you want? You know, like that's our job, right? Our job is not minimum wage order takers. We're we're very, very well paid. We are professionals and we need to act like professionals. And I say to clients, I'm not an order taker. I should be. I'd probably make more money if I just shut up. I'd chop hours out of my day. I wouldn't have to talk. And I'd just put people in the 10 year and the five year at the chartered bank. And, you know, I, I put them in horrible positions. But, hey, that's what they asked for. And that's a that's a weak mindset to just give people what they ask for and blame them when it blows up in their face. Because like you just said, they don't know what they don't know. We do know a lot. And so we've got to be the professionals in the equation. I love it. That's a great way to end this. Chris, thanks so much, man, for your question. And if you want to get a free t-shirt sponsored by Lendesk, go to askabroker.ca or ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash ask. Record a question, and if we tackle it on the show, we will send you a shirt. Dustin, we will be back again for another one of these. Love it. Thanks, Scott.